In this episode of The Full Nerd, people are still angry about the RX. AMD loses another and a controversial 4Sync HDR review. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 65. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, in a remote, dis- this undisclosed location in Oregon with co-host Brad Charkis in a remote, undisclosed location on the East Coast. Hello. And, of course, Adam Patrick Murray back at home base controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, I am so lonely over here. There's nobody to uh, to to yell at, you know, like the, the <laughs> table's just empty. It's weird. But well, for me, I get I get off? to see you. This is the first time I've ever uh, seen you on camera during one of these. So, <laughs> so yeah, hopefully I won't uh, I won't pick my nose live for uh, for everybody out there. But Gordon, thank you for uh, chiming in when uh, when you're on your vacation. I think uh, yeah, I think we all appreciate that. No, no, it's great. I mean, there's I wanted to be here because there's so much to talk about. I mean, it's exciting. I, I am on a I'm in a farm. It is literally in a remote location in Oregon. Um, I don't know if the satellite connection is going to hold up, but we'll see. I just told my kids to get off their tablets and stop taking up all the bandwidth. So hopefully I'll be here. <laughs> if I get lost, Brad and Adam will carry on, though. Ah, was that a bee? <laughs> Might have been a fly. Look like an eagle to me. Uh, I think it was Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting by basically a cart that was previously full of, of uh, horse poo. So. <laughs> Um, I think they're attracted to the horse, but I should have pushed the cart away. So there's actually horses in the barn behind me. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, why don't we we jump right into it? Uh, Brad, why don't you recap the, uh, the RTX story so far? Yeah. So we covered it last week. Last week? Yeah, last week. Sorry, my brain's all messed up from all the international travel. Uh, last week, a couple different times, we've already gone over the basics and whatnot. Yeah, but you weren't uh, there, you know? We, we didn't get to hear your voice. We didn't get to hear your hot takes. <laughs> so well, I chimed we, in one night. I was the there one night. <laughs> uh, since, you know, the big event, some, a couple of other uh, things have come out. Uh, NVIDIA released some basic performance numbers showing how it expects the RTX 2080, not the TI, to compare against the GTX 1080. Again, not the TI. And it shows 1.5x, roughly, improvement over the GTX 1080. Uh, up to two times improvement in uh, titles that use uh, NVIDIA's new DLSS, which is like fancy tensor core-based super sampling, I think. Uh but the interesting part about that is it is an interesting selection of games. A lot of them are in HDR, which a lot of people are interested in because they are selling the G-Sync HDR monitors now. But at the same time, Pascal cards have been shown to have a performance deficit in HDR. So you got to wonder, you know, we're still not 100% sure where these are going to wind up as far as game performance goes. That was one of the bigger things. I believe you two guys covered that last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. And people, I think the main thing is, although there were some more leaks, do you, I guess there are a couple more leaks that it was um, a time spy leak today or something like that. Who knows if it was real or not, but yeah, there it, was stuff like that that happened today. Yep. It's fast. Time faster. spy leak uh, that showed, I believe it was the 2080 again, roughly in the same position as the 2080 TI in time spy and overclocked 
1080 Ti. So just below the Titan XP is what the Times 5 League showed. Um, we're learning more about uh, Ray Trace games, what we can expect for, for performance out of those. Um, the Battlefield demo that they had the video for runs at 1080p60. Uh, seen it myself. Uh, Metro Exodus's dev developers told Rock Paper Shotgun that they're aiming for 1080-60 as well for that. So we're starting to get some idea of what people are targeting for performance at this point as well. Ray Tracing. Do you think these, uh, you know, obviously I think these are sort of semi-controlled leaks because they, NVIDIA is now trying to get people to just calm the F down from what they've been feeling after the initial news, the lack of performance information, and just this huge backlash against the the, the RTX series because of the, the, you know, obviously price increase. So I, you, you get the feeling I that they like, hey, calm down. This thing is not going to be slower than what it was. It's going to be significantly faster. Do you think it's enough to make people less angry? Um, Like I always say, we're going to have to wait for reviews. Um, it's going to depend on where performance actually winds up falling compared to previous gen. And not just, uh, you know, card to card, like 1080 to 2080. You also have to take the price of these cards into account because, I mean, the 2070 now costs what the 1080 used to cost. So we're going to have to see where performance falls. Uh, again, this is a, a pretty picked over, you know, very cherry picked, obviously, group of games that they're showing off. Some in HDR, some not for standard game performance. So I do think that they're trying to push back and say, hey, you know, of course, it's also going to be better in traditional games as well. Uh I'm still just really shocked that they didn't mention that whatsoever in Jensen's original speech. Because at any point in that two-hour event, if he had just said, like they said in the GeForce blog posts, and these are going to kick ass at the games you already play as well, I mean, this wouldn't have happened. I think the mixture of not mentioning traditional game performance during the keynote, and the fact that these are available for pre-order right now, is causing a lot of the, the fuel and outrage right now, because... If you want to have one of these cards on launch day, you got to pre-order, and you have no idea. You can't make an informed decision on what you're plunking your five hundred to thirteen hundred dollars down on. Yeah, but could you ever? I mean, really, you just don't know. I mean, no matter what, even even if they had said something, there's a good chance that you know you don't know what you're going to get when you you open the box up anyway, right? I mean, how? Which is well, why you should never pre-order it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. But this is actually the first time that NVIDIA has done this. This is uh, this idea of announcing a card and having pre-orders immediately available for hardware is actually fairly new and pretty much driven by AMD's Ryzen and Threadripper. That's what they've been doing with those. Every other previous NVIDIA and Radeon launch, they'll say, okay, this card is going to launch on, let's say, September 20th again. And then that day, reviews would come out buy links would open up so before you go and buy you'd have an idea of what the performance is this time you have no idea if you want to pre-order of course so yeah but now one thing i, I want to ask you brad do you think the the price people a lot of the freak out um is over the pricing because now at, at the the 2070 costs as much as a 2080 and like everything sort of goes down a step um but you know everybody's sort of like this is at the very end of 10 of the 10 series lifespan 
It's been out for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. It started, it maybe it actually started higher than people claim it did. And then mm-hmm. it took a while for it to dip. And then for, it feels like half of its lifetime, uh, 1080 was $700, you know? Yeah, I, I due to cryptocurrency. Yep. So due to cryptocurrency. That, that, that was due to market, like, outside situations that have largely cleared up at this point. Uh, at this point, if you're looking to buy a high-end card, they're mostly on sale for MSRP or below. So I can get why people are like, all right, cards are finally get, starting to get back down to normal pricing. And then this generation, I mean, every single, you know, graphics card that NVIDIA announced is at least 100 bucks more expensive than before. Sure. Uh, and the 2080 Ti is several hundred dollars more expensive. I guess what I'm getting at is if if these cards had come out at this pricing three months ago, two months ago, when a 20 when a 1070 was $500, would people have the same freak out as they would now? I think so, because nobody wants inflated mining prices to be the new normal right (laughs) i mean no a lot of people the people who are buying gtx 1070s at 700 dollars probably weren't a lot of gamers it was people who were putting those cards to work making money yeah but those people bought all of the cards so you basically (laughs) had no card to buy i'm just (laughs) kind of wondering like maybe we're being unfair because if you were to look at the entire life if you're averaged out the price of a of a of, say a, a nice you know high-end EVGA or ASUS card maybe it wasn't really a $550 card maybe it was for 1080 maybe it really was more of a $700 card you know I, I don't know you know well for years and years you got to remember that the high-end NVIDIA card up until probably the Titans started showing up the high-end NVIDIA card always sold for around 500 bucks right you know the TI a little bit more uh this time around I mean the 2070 is selling for 500 bucks, and that's at least three or four tiers from the top. So, yeah. I mean, it's a notable increase. Yeah, no, and I, and I get the feeling that that's it's not going to change either, right? This is yeah, the price is this not going to. This is that is normal. This is how much, it, and it is sort of a isn't this isn't this a little bit of a return to how it used to be, where the high end has to foot the bill, the adopters are going to have to foot the bill for, you know, your 2060 might be reasonable, but this is a big die. It's expensive new technology. It's going to take a lot of, of, of moving of the earth to get developers to support this. It's not going to be cheap. I think we, yep. we've we definitely been spoiled by these 10 series cards. I mean, they was just, well, when you can get them at a, real, at a great price. Well, I mean, the 10 series cards were themselves more expensive than the 9 series cards. This isn't a new trend. They've been creeping up. Yeah. Uh, but yes, specifically for this generation, like I, I believe I said the last time that I was on Full Nerd from Germany, this could very well be like when you look back at the history of graphics cards 50 years from now, you'll say, hey, the RTX 20 series was you know, the difference maker. But right. to cram all that extra hardware in there... I mean, that takes money. These dies, Gamers Nexus did a video where they tore down one of uh, the RTX 2080s at a booth at Gamescom, <laughs> and the die is just huge. I mean, it, it costs money to make things like this. So it is definitely an early adopter's fee kind of for these, but it's going to have to happen at some point, I guess. But we'll have to see how it all shakes down once, you know, reviews hit the streets. Yeah. We definitely and is there 
Hmm. I'm trying to think of how we can ask any questions without you violating the, the double, triple embargoes that you're under. <laughs> but I mean, you you would still not, you would never pre-order anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Even if you knew what you knew, you still would never pre-order any card until you saw reviews, right? I wouldn't. Um, I've seen some people say, somebody brought it up, the last full nerd actually, that in their country they can do a no questions asked return for 30 days after it was purchased in that kind of situation you know maybe it's worth claiming your place in line if you don't get charged or you don't mind giving away your thousand bucks knowing you can get it back in a month but as general practice i i think don't pre-order don't pre-order games definitely don't pre-order hardware yeah very true uh we do have some questions uh coming in from the chat uh, if you want to take those now Sure. Uh, and then, uh, but real quick, Gordon, uh, everybody on the stream is really worried about uh, those bees buzzing around your head. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they hope you're uh, you're going to be okay out there. Uh, Hopefully. In the wilderness. It's most, <laughs> I think it's mostly flies at this point because of the horse poo. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, on YouTube, uh, Russellin Russo asks, uh, what is, I'm sorry, uh, Yes. Uh, will RTX be good for 3D artists in Blender, uh, etc., and less for gaming? Hmm. Um, I don't know. We haven't done any. Obviously, we haven't done any performance reviews on that either. Um, I'm not sure that 3D artwork software at this point will have anything to take advantage of those RT cores and tensor cores. So we'll have to see. Or but it sounds like. What's up? No, I'm just wondering. I'm just because uh, Blender is mostly OpenCL, so I kind of wonder if, if well, I guess if you get any bump in CUDA performance, it should get. I would expect to be faster. But I'm, what I'm wondering is if the the, the tensor cores, if they were going to support, uh, if you can adapt. I don't even. I have no idea. This is beyond my my wheelhouse. But I'll talk anyway. But I, I kind of wonder if the the tensor cores on OpenCL will make a big difference. It actually could be huge but it has to be supported of course in blender hmm. uh well and you can do uh you can do ray tracing in um adobe uh uh after effects so yeah i, I wonder if that's going to be uh beneficial as well yeah i would think they need hardware support i don't know if it's hardware based ray tracing i bet it's cpu based ray tracing yeah. on them but that'd be really kind of cool if they actually did add hardware support I, I'm going to guess the Akuda says a video for that, though. That, that'd be awesome for those ray tracing applications. That would be cool. Uh, Tejas is uh, asking, uh, what about the Radeon Pro V340 with its Vega-based dual GPU and two Vega 56? So what does that tell about the situation of AMD? It's just continuing their story, right? Uh, you know, they have very impressive. They can attach large amounts of storage to their graphics cards. That's what they've been doing. That's what they're still doing. Uh, at this point, Vega is still, you know, what Vega is. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, also, uh, Heisenberg uh, is asking uh, with NVIDIA now uh, in the other streaming services uh, making. Um, is it making these uh, expensive cards uh, not redundant, but, uh, you know, do we not even need these cards with the streaming feature coming up? Um, that's a good question. Um, when I tried GeForce Now, it actually held up really, really well. Um, not quite like playing locally. 
as far as video quality goes, there's a little bit of shimmering and stuff, but surprisingly good video uh, visual quality and low latency. Um, that being said, you'd have to have a good internet connection for it to work, which a lot of people don't. I mean, Gordon's at a farm. He probably couldn't play GeForce Now out there very well. Uh, and more importantly, we have no idea how much it's going to cost because you got to bring your own games to GeForce Now. And, you know, if it ends up being 30 or 40 bucks a month, maybe more if you play more, uh, it could get expensive fast. They haven't announced anything about pricing yet, so it's hard to make a definitive claim about that as far as GeForce Now goes. Yeah. I can. I can say absolutely not. Absolutely not. If you care about gaming, um, the fidelity you get with a, you know, traditional gaming platform, you know, either lap, fat laptop or fat desktop, ain't no way streaming's ever going to touch that. Yeah. It's never going to touch it. I mean, we're, we're to the point where people are, like, complaining about, like, you know, milliseconds of latency on their panel and their keyboard and their mouse. Some, are, how do you think that's going to translate into streamed gaming services? So, yeah, that's great for people who've never played games or for people. People on the Mac. People on the Mac or people who just, like, you got to have your gaming fix. But, no, no, it's never going to replace local local performance. That'd be yes. funny, you know, the apartment slows down at 6 o'clock at night when everybody gets home from work, the internet, and so you got to play chess games or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just not, to me, it's not realistic. It's not a realistic expectation of streaming for everybody. And, you know, and it might happen, you could argue that, like, that's what happened to music services because they stopped. 128, you know, K, KB, BBS, MP3 was all you ever needed for audio. They never pushed forward with anything else. Gaming never stops. You know, we're at 4K, HDR, we're at just like we're at ray tracing. Just 8K, it just keeps going and going and going. And PC gaming doesn't stop. So it, it would happen if we all stop, but no, it doesn't stop. All right, uh, Cyberclue is asking: uh, Is it confirmed that the prices of the RTX series uh, include the twenty-five percent increase from the U.S.-China trade war, or is that still coming? Uh, I didn't hear anything about that. Uh, the prices are what they are; <laughs> they're more expensive now. So, <laughs> so that might be a reason to buy it now because it'll be twenty-five percent cheaper. There we go. <laughs> You're getting 25% off just by pre-ordering. Just kidding. We're not yeah. condoning that. Uh, Ruslan is asking all these great questions. He got another one. Uh, will all this proprietary technology from NVIDIA overwhelm game engines? Uh, you know, it's got the, the ray tracing, hair works, and aliasing, god rays, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, the one, RTX is built on top of Microsoft's DirectX ray tracing API. So this builds on top of an open standard, basically. That's going to be part of DirectX 12. Uh, as far as game works and hair works and whatnot in general, I don't mind them as much as some people do because, I mean, I'm all for more toggles in games. I'm all for if I have a 2080 Ti and I want Geralt's beard to be freaking luxurious, I can flip a switch. <laughs> And just bask in his manliness, I guess. Uh, like hair works and these game works effects also give serious performance hits to NVIDIA cards just as much as, or not just as much, but in addition to AMD cards. So, I mean, they're just, they're high performance visual tools. And 
if it comes down to will this be in the game because they use NVIDIA GameWorks technology or it won't and they just won't have any alternative, I'd rather there be a GameWorks technology in there personally. Cool. Uh, we got another highly technical question that I don't understand, but hopefully uh, <laughs> you guys will. Uh, RCF is asking, uh, having less gig arrays and RTX ops result in a de decrease in performance frames per second or less reflection uh, and infraction quality? That's a question. Is having less gig rays and RTX ops result of a decrease in performance? Yeah. Uh, I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head whether or not... I believe that perhaps like the 2070 won't have as much of the RT cores and tensor cores and whatnot built in as the 2080 and 2080 Ti. I'm not sure. Uh, but if that was the case, that it would be able to do art, fewer RT ops. Uh, and I'm not sure what that will wind up being in games. We're going to have to wait and see what games support ray tracing and how they support ray tracing because they can use it for shadows, they can use it for light, they can use it for different things. So it'll depend, I think, on the implementation. God, that is going to be weird, though, because if the frame rate doesn't actually reduce, but the visual quality goes down, <laughs> how in the world do you measure that? How, yeah. I don't know how you're going to measure that. It's going to be an interesting, interesting series of graphics cards to review, that's for sure. Which you will be reviewing them, right? Hopefully. Yeah. I'm sure I will at some point, yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, anything else to wrap up? He, Brad can't say anyway, or whether or not. So. <laughs> anything else to wrap up the uh, story so far uh, before Gordon gets stung by, by bees and we move on to the next section? Oh, gosh. I was going to ask Brad something, but I don't remember now, of course. So, but I... Mm -hmm. I mm, it's just tough because we got to tiptoe around everything. Um, no, well, we just... do have, I think it is good that NVIDIA put out the game, traditional game performance chart that they did, even though it was a wonkily, you know, the axes weren't labeled and stuff like that. It's obviously a stacked deck. Uh, I think it's reassuring that NVIDIA did put that out to, or it's good that NVIDIA did put that out to reassure people that yes, there will be traditional game performance increases as well at this point. Uh, we're not sure how it'll look generation to generation, especially when you take price points into effect. So just to wrap it all up, I uh, still stand by my original don't pre-order recommendation, which I've said a few times now. I think it's worth repeating a few more times as often as possible. Um, you shouldn't just buy it. You should wait for reviews to make sure that you're spending your money wisely. Nice. All right. Cool. Let's talk about uh, Jim Anderson, huh? Yeah, that's uh, that was a shocker, wasn't it? Yeah. So for people who don't know, Jim Anderson, who's been on the podcast a few times, we've actually caught up with him at uh, Computex a couple times. <clears throat> He's gone on to be CEO at uh, an, another ASIC company, I think. Yeah, yeah Lattice I, Semi. La Lattice Semi. Nothing to do with the PC, it looks like, and just... I think the statement from AMD is he's always wanted to be a CEO, so he's gone to be one. And well, uh, he was—he was, he was uh, Jim Anderson was—he was in charge of computing and graphics, so basically computers, PCs for AMD, right? 
there's nowhere really to go up from there aside from CEO. And I don't think Lisa Sue's necessarily planning on stepping down anytime soon. So it makes sense if you're looking to be a CEO that he's going to have to jump elsewhere. Right. So not that much of a shock, but I guess people are like, what's going on? Because first we have Roger go and now we have Jim Anderson go. And these are sort of like that. And then uh, Jim Keller is also at uh, Intel, although he didn't go directly from AMD to Intel. He actually went to Tesla for a while. And now he's over at Intel. It's like people are like, what's up with AMD? I mean, things have been looking so good, but they've had a brain drain at the top end here. Their longtime marketing guy, Chris Hook, also it's gone over to Intel with Raja and whatnot. So, yep. So yeah, they're having uh, quite the resurgence with Ryzen and Threadripper, but all the top ranks are getting reshuffled right now. Um, you got to wonder, like Jim Keller, you know, he goes and finds a challenge and moves on to the next one is kind of his reputation, right? You got to wonder how much of that is going on with the rest of these guys as well, because at this point, Ryzen is out and it's making generational improvements, right? Rather than overhauling the complete architecture. So I wonder if that's it. Just, you know, some of it, some of it being, you know, for people who like to look for the next big game kind of a deal. Yeah. You've already hit your, you've done all you can at that point mm -hmm. at that. So you, you do, you can't do any more at that company. So you go on to the next thing, I guess. Yeah. Well, we got, so plenty, no, we got plenty of people in the chat saying uh, also, you know, thanks to Jim Anderson. Yeah. We, you know, Ryzen and Threadripper, you know, has hit us with, uh, with the more core feature. So, you know, I'm sure it was the whole team effort, but you know, he was kind of helping lead that charge. So, yeah. So people aren't too concerned then. So, still not a doesn't look great though, but it does happen all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine, like what I said, if you spend years working to make this thing happen, this thing be this big, huge architecture change, you know, here's here's Vega, here's Ryzen, then it happens and gets put out. Rather than do, you know, second gen Ryzen, I can understand. Let's go do something completely different, a new challenge. So. But you wouldn't and, read too much into it being it being a huge negative thing. Like they 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 never they realize they they can't fight Intel kind of thing. No, I wouldn't because uh, we you know we in the media like to have the superstars. We like to talk with Jim Anderson, Roger Kadura, and whatnot. But the the teams that it takes to make a GPU and a CPU <laughs> are so massive. Like all those engineers are still working at AMD. So. You know, I just realized maybe it's us, Brad. <laughs> because yeah, we're the kiss of death. <laughs> <laughs> we've done uh, we've done live streams with both Roger and Jim Anderson, and oh, actually man. Chris Hook was here for a live stream too. Or it wasn't live, but we did a video as well. It's like maybe we're just bad luck. <laughs> I, I, you know, we did have uh, Tom Peterson in, from Nvidia on one of the early episodes of Full Nerd, and there was that whole Fire Tom thing at the GTX 10 series. Yeah, what was that? That was crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're still trying to get Tom back on. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's not us then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, and we're still here, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> true. I was thinking maybe it's because when he left that uh, great big giant uh, Threadripper mock-up, you know, oh, the yeah. one that's like about three feet big, yeah. maybe that they're the like, last straw. where's the Threadripper? <laughs> oh, I, I gave it to Gordon. I was like, you just put the... <laughs> don't come back in the building till you get it back. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and so the he obviously can't uh, probably 
come on the the, the full nerd, uh, you know, and talk anything about AMD. You know, a lot of these people have to sign uh, sign waivers saying they won't talk about inside stuff after they leave, right? Yep, yep. Although I am trying to get somebody special that to come on and talk about cool stuff, but we'll see. That's you not, know that's to... that's every job, not just the CEO or whatever. Like I'm true. pretty sure the paperwork I signed when I started working here says I can't share inside secrets. So <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> well, inside secrets were there to be shared at a media organization. I know the CMS secrets, man. Yeah. 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 I was thinking it was like there's no drinks on Tuesday kind of thing or Wi Fi doesn't work. That kind of secret? No, that's <laughs> Yeah, that's the real reason Gordon's at a farm. Better yeah. better, better, better wi- <laughs> Being in there it's actually better here on satellite connection in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Which is actually true. But nice. that's just sad. Okay. But actually you know what I want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Besides the flies on me is Brad's review of this new HDR 4K panel. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I'm using it, and I'm watching you guys on it right now, actually. The review went up today at PCWorld.com. It's long. It's 3,600 words, so if you plan on going to read it, you know, make yourself a drink, sit back, relax, or you can just skip to the conclusion. Grab a hot, hot, hot cocoa. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so this is the Acer Predator 27 which is one of the first two 4K G-Sync HDR panels. Uh, And they're basically gorgeous, brilliant panels that are doing a lot of things that no other uh, displays are really doing the same conjunction of features. So it has 4K, you know, 144 hertz speeds, although it's 120 out of the box, 144 hertz when you overclock the panel. Uh... It has G-Sync HDR, so it has G-Sync. It's also certified to the Display HDR 1000 standard by Visa. Vesa, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, one of only three panels to do so, the other one being the other G-Sync HDR monitor. Uh, it has 384 backlights and a full FALD. Uh, quantum dots, you know, every buzzword and technology you could throw at this thing, it has it. Uh, the picture's great. It's the first monitor I've used in a long time that actually feels like it's advancing the state of the art for monitors. So, I mean, highest praise there. Editor's choice from us just for that. That being said, there are some, you know, bleeding edge quirks that keep it from quite being perfect. Like what? (laughs) Uh, the most noticeable one to me, I have a pretty quiet PC. Um, it has, you know, all the panels closed off. It has a closed loop, big closed loop radiator for the CPU. Uh, the fans on my graphics card don't kick up until I'm gaming, basically. Uh, but this monitor has an active cooling fan to keep all that bleeding edge technology cool. So when I'm sitting there using my desktop for about an hour, all of a sudden I'll hear, as the fans, how how big is that fan? Uh, I didn't take it apart. Oh, okay. It's it's not huge, and when I'm gaming or watching videos, you can't hear it. I think that if I had a more traditional case that wasn't so quiet, it maybe wouldn't have been so noticeable. But it's definitely weird having a monitor, you know, 
have fan noise pulling up when you're using word for an hour <laughs> is it is it on constantly or is it only during certain sections um it's not constant but it's pretty consistent uh if you like me i work from home so i'm using this monitor for nine or ten hour stretches not counting gaming just working and after about an hour pardon me you'll hear it spool up hmm. i'm just wondering if it's actually just simply uh the temperature from the hcr because the thing is a thousand nits right yeah the thing it's can hit a thousand nits so it's probably nice. putting out a considerable amount of energy when it's in hcr mode but if you're just using in desktop it's not going to be yeah. pushed in a thousand nits so that's not it. No. it's just simply built up heat from all the hardware inside it is a pretty bright monitor and it is if you touch it it's definitely warmer to the touch than some of my other monitors so it is a hot monitor uh but I use the brightness slider that's new in the Windows 10 HDR update. So I do have it a pretty bright, even on standard desktop, but nowhere near a thousand nits. Uh, well, we, just, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, Terry over on YouTube says you should uh, water cool that monitor, Brad. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. If it's like... I didn't pay for it, so I'd be willing to take that risk. But I think NVIDIA would not like it if I sent back their <laughs> review unit to pieces like that <laughs> you're like i tried to water cool it it didn't work but you know here you go you can have it back <laughs> i you would just think they they should have put um you know a larger fan in there that just turns out lower, slower. RPM. yeah yeah slower so they can slow the rpms down so you just don't hear it as much that 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 seems like a that a boneheaded move to me so i mean these are pretty just from the spec list that i was saying earlier these are pretty you know Bleeding edge, like really pushing what's possible with display technology today in here. Uh, PC Perspective reviewed the ASUS counterpart to this a while ago and actually tore it down, which I'm not doing to this. Uh, and they found that the G-Sync hardware module in there is like this gigantic custom FPGA beast of a thing that has like three gigabytes of its own DD4 RAM. So it's, it's got like a, a Chromebook Jeez. powering it, basically. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. But uh, you, you know, one last thing. All, all the one last question about the fan noise. Yeah, I, I just realized, Brad, how hot is it there? Because I know you're always complaining about it being sweltering in New Hampshire. So is it just because <laughs> it's ninety degrees there all the time? Uh, we're joking, but uh, in the summer it does get pretty humid. But it actually is noticeably be. No, I am noticeably warmer using this panel, so it does raise at least a couple degrees. I think. Oh, man. right. But I mean, the ambient That's room temperature is probably really hot. hot. I'm wondering yeah. if it won't be so bad in the winter. But in the summer, I brought it upstairs, actually, thinking the exact same thing, uh, where I have air conditioning and it's still spooled on after a while, about an hour. So, huh. OK. Uh, uh, another thing. Uh, was there a question? I can uh, answer. I was just going to say uh, Whiskey Omega over on Twitch is saying that it's not true 10 bit. Uh, is this correct? Yeah, it's 8-bit plus FRC, which mm -hmm. for gaming, it it's fine enough. This isn't, even though it's $2,000, this panel is made for gaming. It's not necessarily what you're going to want to buy if you're a content creator. Uh, yeah, it's that only means... it's only 420 color. Mm. I, I know <laughs> what that means, and that's not impressive to me. But Yeah, at the same time, uh, you can also, Adam, you can, how much it's... does... A content creation 10-bit panel cost these days. Oh, I don't know, but I, I need a, a quadro to run it at least. 
Yeah, but I mean, they're they are not cheap, right? I I imagine no. they're they make this panel seem cheap. I bet if you were to buy a Sony production quality ten bit panel, <laughs> definitely. It's not actually four two zero color. This actually one of the interesting things that wound up happening in my review is like I had to spend couple thousand words explaining just the differences in modes and how to set it up because h between hdr still being so you know relatively new on windows and the way it handles it being weird uh had to explain all that and i also had to explain this monitor actually the output signal changes depending on how fast you're running it so if you're running it at 98 hertz which is significantly lower than the 144 hertz that they've been advertising. Nevertheless, very fast uh, and uh, much faster than the previous 60 hertz barrier. Then you get the full 10-bit color uh, with 444. So no chroma subsampling, oh, which... That's not bad. Yeah. That can get very technical. If you want to dig into what chroma subsampling means and all that stuff, go see the review because I don't think we're going to dig into all that now here. <laughs> but if you bump it up to 120 hertz, it drops down to 8-bit color, which still looks fine as far as HDR games are concerned. I didn't see a huge difference as far as gaming. If you were doing, you know, content, hardcore image editing and whatnot, you might think differently. But again, I don't think this would be the monitor for you for that. Uh, if you wind up overclocking the monitor to 144 hertz that's when you're really starting to hit you know the bounds of what displayport can do and that's when you'll start seeing more chroma subsampling nice so you would say this is really the ultimate gaming monitor not the ultimate yes. monitor right i mean that's there's very different they're very different tools. very different yes like even if you took a true 10-bit panel a very nice 10-bit panel it's not necessarily going to be a great it actually might be a terrible gaming monitor, right? Yep. Yep, but this one, this one, the whole package is just stunning. Like, even though it's not a content creator panel, uh, it gets like 97.8% DCP coverage or something like that. You know, huge Adobe coverage. Uh, it has the full array, the, the full array, the LED 384 backlights. That actually worked really, really well. Wow. Uh, so when I put a black image on the screen at night and I cut off the lights, you couldn't see where the monitor was at in the room. Nice. Whereas most monitors, you'll see the light coming in from the edges, right? Oh, yeah. With right. this one, it was just a dark room, which is wow. awesome. <laughs> which makes you concerned. It makes me concerned. One of the things I wanted to test was maybe when you're moving the mouse around, there'll be a little halo around it from, uh, you know, where the uh, those backlights are kicking in, kicking off around the cursor. But it's not really noticeable on this monitor under standard conditions. If you're on a black backdrop, moving the mouse around on that, if you're looking for it, you can see it. It's not a concern you should have in everyday life. Uh, going up to the 144 hertz and starting to get into the chroma subsampling, uh, very fine, small text can start to get a little bit blurry. Um, I had an issue. It wasn't really an issue, but it was noticeable, mostly when I was playing Into the Breach, which is a pixel art strategy game where on the little map, you're protecting buildings and words will pop up and say, oh, yay, the mechs are here. They're going to save us. And with the chroma subsampling, that text was a little hard to see. But again, in general, worked great. So an ant into my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but the, the, the elephant in the room is the price, obviously. I mean, this thing's amazing. It's also $2,000. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people are willing to drop that much on a monitor. You, you think it's worth it, though? Uh, this is where I get into the worth it is different for everybody caveats, which is a lame cop out. But I totally think it's true. If you have two thousand bucks and you know fully kitted out rig, and you're like, I want a hundred and twenty hertz, you know, four K. I want G Sync. I want HDR. I want all those things. I mean, there's no other monitor like it. If you have the excess cash to burn, that could very well be worth it to you. Me, you know, <laughs> as a, a you know middle class American who. Uh, as two kids and whatnot, I couldn't personally see spending $2,000 on a monitor. But it's definitely, if you have the money to spend, it's worth it. I wish it was a little bit bigger. It's 27 inches, hence X27. Uh, I would have loved it if it was 32 inches. Uh, yep. Just because I think that's a better for 4K. But it did have a hmm. couple other little quirks uh, about the output signal. Every now and again, randomly... It'll be gray and washed out when it wakes up. Oh, so when the computer wakes up from sleeping. Uh, which you can just go into the NVIDIA control panel and say, just flip a switch, you know, change this to 120 hertz rather than 98 hertz. No, don't keep the settings. And it'll make the monitor think about itself and it'll kick back to where it's supposed to be. Uh, I've had that happen randomly at least five or six different times now over the past three weeks. So it happens randomly. In Madden 19, that's consistently gray washed out every time I boot into the game and only that game I haven't had the issue in any other SDR or HDR game only Madden 19 but it happens 100% of the time hmm. uh, I've mentioned part of the reason it took me so long to publish this is because I was talking to NVIDIA about both of these uh, and they haven't got back to me about an answer why that happens so it's kind of disappointing that there are those quirks in the $2,000 monitor but at the same point uh, on the opposite side of the coin, like I said, this is a monitor that feels like it's doing new things and truly pushing the bleeding edge. So it's not surprising to see little things like that pop up sometimes. So you can forgive some of those. It's not perfect, but you, when you're trying to achieve things that have never been done before, it's uh, it's worth it then. So therefore, the RTX is a good video card then, Brad? I'm actually <laughs> extremely interested to see how the 2080 Ti does, because that thing has tons of CUDA cores. Looking at this performance chart that NVIDIA put out about traditional games, it looks like the CUDA cores work more effectively than Pascal. So that 2080 Ti could be just the thing for a monitor like this, because right now you're limited to the GTX 1080 Ti. Yeah, I mean, you, you change around qualities, visual quality settings. You don't want to turn it down too much. Otherwise, why would you spend all this money on a 4K 144 hertz panel? But you're looking at about 60 frames per second in most modern games. So the 2080 Ti might be the first one to truly blow past that and put this thing to work. Right. And again, the point is you don't want a 60 <clears throat> frames per second at 120 hertz, right? It's not going to handle it. Which, uh, a side note, uh, B over on YouTube brings up a good point uh, where... They thought we were talking about the uh, BFGDs, uh, <laughs> you know, and how they got pushed back. It was weird. I remember writing on a piece of paper earlier this year that they wouldn't come out this year. So I, uh, I don't got to eat that. That's nice. <laughs> Summer's not over yet, is it? 
Uh, well, do you think they're uh, gonna somebody... push it forward again? <laughs> I thought they. Were, I thought the the BFGDs were this summer, no, end they, of the summer. People, or something. people were. I forget who it was. I think it was PC Games Hardware DE maybe. Uh, was at Gamescom and they asked the direct vendors, not Nvidia. So what's up with these BFGDs? And they said, "Oh, it's looking more like next year." Oh, actually, now I remember. There, you remember at Computex, Jensen said the BFGDs would be this year. And then later on, there was clarification from uh, NVIDIA that actually, no, it's it's more like early next year. I think that's what we're... You probably... You you did skip that one, Adam. You, you got yeah, that one right. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> but yeah, these monitors are glorious. Nice. Something that like 10 people are going to buy. But I'm glad I got the chance to use it because I've been able to play games in ways that I've never been able to before. Well, h- so, how hard how hard is it going to be to uh, go back to your old monitor when you got to send this one back? It's going to be rough because I had gotten myself <laughs> used to because I've been using a couple of 4K panels for a while, so I'd gotten myself used to 60 frames per second because that's all until recently that 4K monitors could do. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm used to higher than that again. A lot of the games I've been doing, I put them on high visual settings uh, and get about 100 frames per second, and that's real nice, and it's... It's going to hurt going back down to 60. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I don't like to use G-Sync or FreeSync High Refresh because I don't have it at home, and you just feel terrible after you've used it for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and imagine and you gotta uh, go back to the I, I was stuff. yeah. Imagine I was uh I was using the Razer phone for a little bit, and then I had to go back to normal phones. You know, same same kind of thing. <laughs> you you don't know what you have till you lose it. Oh <laughs> right, the high because 120 hertz uh, panel on the Razer phone, right? It was actually really nice. It was really nice. Yeah, I I didn't think it would make that much of a difference, but you feel it just just day to day, just swiping through. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I get to hold on to this one until the 2080 Ti comes out because I would really love to revisit it once you know I have that hardware in my hands and in my system. Yeah, plus you'd actually have to be able to test uh, HDR, right? See, uh, because clearly they are they are they are saying HDR doesn't hurt it as much as it does uh, 10 series. So, well, they never admitted that it hurts 10 series. Oh. It's just awfully you know, coincidental that a lot of the games that they published are in HDR mode. So, yep. Nice. Uh, do we want to... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, there's a tractor back there doing something. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't hear it yet, so... Oh, all right. Uh, do we want to we want to take some questions before we, uh, before we head out and, and you go back to milking the cows and plowing the fields? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. You know, I want to bring up before I forgot, I was supposed to bring it up at the beginning. So if you're up at PAX this year, uh, the reason I'm in Oregon, I'm actually heading up to Seattle as well. I'm going to be at at this weekend. Yeah, actually, it's on Friday. I'm going to be at the biannual PC gaming extravaganza Friday night, 730 p.m. at the Sandworm Theater. Second level of the Sheraton. I'm going to be there with Pedro 19 of PCMR. Myself, Steve Burke of Gamers Nexus, of course, and Corsair. Uh, I can't read it. Oh, yes. Glorious George from Corsair. So that's going to be pretty cool. It won't be live streamed, unfortunately, but they will record it and put it on YouTube later. But if you want to stop by, celebrate all the PC gaming goodness, come on by. Nice. Yeah, I, I wish I could go to PAX West just to go see uh, see you on a panel, Gordon. It's been a couple yeah. years. 
Seriously, I think there's a tractor coming. What in the world? Oh, now I hear him. <laughs> He's like, hey, you're not doing anything important, are you? <laughs> no, I guess not. All right, well, let's, All right. Let's, let's get some questions in before uh, it runs you over. Uh, Ruslan continues with great questions. He's got two of them. Uh, what does TSMC situation mean for AMD? Do you guys think they are, are going to change over? Well, uh, a lot of the 7 nanometer GPU and CPU stuff that AMD had already announced was already, you know, planned for TSMC. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't think there's going to be any immediate, immediate changes to their roadmaps. Um, they did say that they had a 7 nanometer product being planned at Global Foundries, which announced yesterday that they're not going to bother doing 7 nanometer right now. Uh, so obviously whatever that was... Uh, is not going to happen, at least not at Global Foundries. Uh, but I don't think it has any immediate changes to their roadmap because so much of their stuff was already at TSMC. Uh, well, uh, to piggyback off that, uh, Ariel on YouTube's asking, um, what is your prediction for 7 nanometer Threadripper? It'll be better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Perfect. Yeah, I I actually think uh, Joel. I always mash his last name. Joel over Joel Hruska. I was over at Extreme Tech. Wrote up a story about the uh, uh, whole TSMC Glowflow, you know, uh, AMD move, and it looks like they were unhappy with where Global Foundries was going. Once they spun them off, they weren't really in control of Global Foundries, and Global Foundries been pursuing other areas that are probably more profitable for themselves rather than to help AMD. So I guess TSMC just makes a lot more sense for them. But yeah, I, I probably shouldn't matter that much as long as they can they can get the, the attention from TSMC and the fab time, right? Nice. Yep. Uh, back to uh, uh, RTX stuff. Uh, Ruslan has another question. Uh, how can R uh, RTX affect VR with the neural networks uh, and stuff like that? Any talk on uh, VR? Um, obviously, they still have it as a focus because the new RTX cards have the virtual link connector, the one cable to rule them all kind of video, that's based off USB-C. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think they spoke sp specifically about VR potential. Um, I would not be surprised if they end up offering something that would help. In the, as far as game works or RTX works, whatever it's called, library to help with VR, using that using that hardware to some effect, but they haven't announced anything that I'm aware of. Okay, uh, I don't know how to say this name. Uh, H Torn, uh, do you think that ray tracing will be something we will only see in AAA games? Actually, uh, uh, the majority of the games that were shown having it so far weren't AAA games. I mean, you've got Battlefield, you've got Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and you've got Metro Exodus. But they had all kinds of other things. They had uh, Remedy showing off Control. They had, uh, I forget, Enlisted was another one. That actually, they had it running at after three days with RTX hardware. They said they had... The Vulcan version of Enlisted running at 4K, I forget if it was 60 or 90 FPS with ray tracing on, so that's, that's impressive. Um, and there were other tiny games that were also, you know, not tiny games necessarily, but not AAA games that 
or said that I've already said that they're going to be supporting ray tracing. I think there's 11 in total. If you go back and look up, you know, my author page on PC World, I did an article last week that lists all of the initial RTX and uh, or ray tracing and DLSS games. Which brings up, because I just almost made that mistake, it brings up a, a point that it's good to be clear on. RTX does not mean ray tracing. So when you see NVIDIA say, hey, these are RTX games, RTX is the name for any technology that takes advantage of those RT cores and tensor cores is the way I understand it. So they bundle the DLSS, the deep learning super sampling games that support that under the RTX banner, just the same as Ray Trace games. So. Nice. Uh, along those same lines, uh, Charleston Lee asks, uh, will there be an RTX Titan created down the road? What do you think? Oh. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's, it happens pretty often. I also <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't because I believe I said it last week on the podcast. I forget. It's been a long week. Uh, I think this will be a shorter generation. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a refresh next year based on 7 nanometer. So it depends on whether that holds true and what the timetable looks out to be. So, uh, Medicus is wondering uh, when RTX will come to laptops. That's a good question, right? Uh, it's a good question whether they would even keep all those special dedicated core RT cores and tensor cores in a space constrained laptop. Um, it's going to be real interesting to see how they handle it. Um, it's obviously not happening now, uh, just based off the way that the industry cycles work. I wouldn't be surprised if 20 series mobile GPUs happened at CES at this point. Cause they're not going to launch them. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I was going to say the power constraints, too. It, uh, these RTX parts definitely look like they're a little more power hungry, which mm. never really plays great in laptops. You know? It's because they're big. They have all the extra stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and they're huge, too. Uh, we're just going to keep going with these RTX questions. People want to know, Brad. People want to know. Um, uh, Medicus is also asking, when do you expect the 10 series card prices to go down? Do you think they will officially drop price, or is it just market going to... I wouldn't be surprised to see some pretty good sales over the next couple of weeks ahead of the September 20th launch of the RTX series. Um, but I think whether or not they go down will depend on what performance looks like out of these cards. Because if, you know, these cards start at 500 bucks, whereas most... GTX 10 series cards, you know, the 1080 is 500 bucks, the 1070 is three, 380 bucks. There still might be room for those to be hanging out down there, you know, at pretty close to full price because, you know, the companies did make tons of these cards because they were selling like hotcakes all year, all year round. So they're going to have to move them. But mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see. Be on the lookout for sales. We're already starting to see some pretty decent sales on the higher end hardware. Uh, and se second to last RTX question, uh, Panzerd is asking, if the market dictates the prices set by NVIDIA, will the 2000 series RTX cards drop in price if they don't sell well, or the lack of competition will ensure they stay high? 
I mean, they want to sell cards, so if the cards don't sell at these prices and they have room to pr- drop the prices, they would drop prices. That's the way markets work, supply and demand. Uh, but the initial shipments are already all sold out, so it's not going to happen day one. <laughs> Those prices are going to stay at least for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last uh, RTX thing, uh, Rustlin again. Thank you for all these great questions, Russell. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Tom's hardware article and Gamer's Nexus's response? Nexi. Is that the plural of Gamer's Nexus? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I disagree with the article. I was kind of surprised to see it myself. Um, I get that it was supposed to be a point counterpoint kind of a thing paired with another article. Uh, that was saying, don't buy them now. I don't think that the arguments for just buy it uh, were particularly well thought out or presented, which is part of the issue. And I think that the way they framed the article by saying just buy it, why these cards are worth the money, is another part of the issue. Because you don't expect to see that at Tom's Hardware, right? Uh, if they had couched it more so it was like, you know, why... I believe it's good to be a bleeding edge adopter and I'm buying an RTX 2080. If they had given it that sort of headline, you know, that sort of approach, I think there would have been a lot less excitement over it. Uh, but I, I, don't, I, yeah, I disagree with saying just buy it before you tested something. I think a lot of people did as well. Yeah. And, and I do think, it, you know, I know Avram. Um, yeah, me too. And, I worked uh, with Avram. He's, he's a good years. guy. He's he's a real nerd, but I think it was a bad look because clearly, when you when you're writing the point counterpoint story and you're writing the the point story and the counterpoint story doesn't ever doesn't really get clearly linked to it, people just think you're insane. I think is the problem, and and that was definitely the issue. Is it should have been linked clearly to a point counterpoint because when you are making a point counterpoint, oftentimes you just kind of like make stuff up often to support your your argument for why it's better but if without clearly saying that there's an opposing view to that also posted there it's going to make you look like you're just saying you should buy this sun and sound so i just which i don't it, think it, anybody it, with no it was it was the headline that made it troublesome the most troublesome but like i said i think it was also like there are valid points for just saying hey you know i'm gonna buy this because i I without reviews coming out, I know that the 2080 Ti is going to be the fastest graphic uh, graphics card, and I'll be able to use it with this two thousand dollar G Sync HDR monitor that I just bought. You know, I believe ray tracing is going to happen. You can make all those points. I just don't think it was done very effectively, and it was framed in a way that made it sound like they're saying just buy it right now. So, Steve's yeah. video was hilarious since you also asked about gamers nexus. Uh, it made me laugh uh, several times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, these articles often are created to get reactions, and Steve's reaction is the Internet's reaction poured into one video. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, it's I, – I, I don't know. I just kind of think – I do think, though, part of the whole anger of this whole damn RTX thing and the reaction, there's a lot of websites kind of pushing – I've saw – it feels like I saw three or four stories who said, just don't buy. The headlines were, don't buy GeForce RTX, Right. And what they were really saying was don't pre-order it. But the headline was don't buy. So yeah. people are just trying to get these things to get attention. And I think that sort of is – it hurts 
it hurts the whole discussion because you have these inflammatory headlines and now everybody's you know triggered and nobody can walk back and everybody's kind of like it's everybody's already decided what what exactly it is already which i think is really unfortunate yeah this is actually one of the graphics card launches that i can remember that has the most question marks about it like there we know a lot about these cards but we know very little about how they're actually going to perform in the real world as well so i think it's crazy to make flat statements like just buy it or whatever don't buy it now i think don't pre-order I myself published the article, here's every graph, custom graphics card you can pre-order and why you probably shouldn't. I think that is still good advice to get out there, but I, I wouldn't flat say yes or no at this point. Yeah, that's what I don't understand because, you know, I, I did a video last week. We were just talking about it after the performance news came out. And the point is don't pre-order it, but don't automatically jam it. You know, I, yeah. I don't understand why <clears throat> when you say that, hey, these cards may actually – that. These cards may actually be pretty good. It doesn't mean, you know, don't buy a 1080. I, but I would want to wait and see these before I buy my 1080 at a steep discount. I'd want to see the performance of these things first. So yep. people are just getting way ahead of the way ahead of the story here. I agree. Nice. All right. Well, uh, that's all the RTX stuff. We, we got some good, uh, just some random questions, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, Tejas is wondering... Um, why doesn't AMD put Thunderbolt 3 on their laptops? Do you know, Gordon? Um, it's still, Intel has supposedly, has plans to give up Thunderbolt 3. It is still an Intel proprietary technology as far as I understand it. They do have plans to turn it over to uh, a third party, you know, sort of like what they did with USB and, and SATA and uh, a lot of tons of other PC-related technology. They still haven't done that yet, so I imagine that they they can't do it because they don't want to integrate technology that is from intel and it's also clear to me that it's not exactly clear that intel is going to give this to the world i I think intel likes is is starting to look at these proprietary advantages to its platform that make it stronger you know uh uh uh, obtain persistent memory in a dim slot is going to make any intel processor way possibly more attractive than an an AMD processor and Thunderbolt 3 if it's only on Intel yeah that's going to make Intel platform stronger than AMD platform so it's not really clear to me that's going to ever become a reality now although I know Intel has said they are going to do it so we'll see all right uh tails also asks a very personal question uh should I consider buying the AMD version of the Helios 500 over the Intel version he's an AMD fan they are an AMD fan um, it sort of depends. I, I'd want to see how that that uh, that Radeon Vega part does when it actually ships. I do think that battery life is not going to be great, but because that is a desktop replacement laptop, who cares? Who really cares? It is really meant to be a Yo. portable, a portable. Well, but not if you know you, you're not going to haul a 17 inch gaming <laughs> I, laptop to the airport. I brought I brought the Helios 300 to Germany with me. That was my work wow. computer, and nice. I enjoyed having the extra battery life once I turned down the screen. Yeah, but the 300 is a different <laughs> class a lot. The 500 is a true yeah. desktop replacement, 17 inch. You put it in your footlocker, or you're a traveling nurse. You bring it to where you're going. It's going to sit on the table for three months when you're there, and then you're going to pack it back up and go home. So that's why I view it as just really portable gaming, not necessarily mobile gaming. So I, I think it's going to come down to um, 
we're going to want to see how that sort of Vega part is. AMD officials told me that was a mobile Vega, but I'm kind of wondering if it's just simply a desktop Vega in a in a in a laptop. So I'd I'd want to again I'd want to wait and see if the reviews are of that Helios. But I think they both could be pretty good choices. You're probably not going to lose either way because Vega is a, is a, is a decent part if you can get one, right? And it actually seems to shine more in laptops or at other scenarios where they can spin the clocks down a little bit. Like, it was loud and power-hungry and stuff on the desktop because they had to crank it to beat the 1070. But when you see it in, like, uh, you see uh, Vega graphics and, like, the APUs and you see them in laptops and stuff, they seem to hold up a lot better once they can dial that back a bit. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a good-looking, you know, because you're getting Ryzen, you're getting Vega. It's it's all it's all red there. So they should have just made the whole laptop red. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh Kyer, Howard, Kiri, Howard, uh, now that AMD has moved GPU manufacturing to TSMC, do you think the impact will greatly improve their products compared to NVIDIA GPUs produced at TSMC? I thought they were always at TSMC for for GPUs. Oh, he's saying, will the switch for AMD benefit them as much as NVIDIA had the benefit? Well, I have to see because it's still they still come up with their own architectures and stuff. It's just going to be the same process, right? The same seven nanometer. Right. But there's and still I, architectural I, differences. There's still you know there's a lot more that go into these than the the machines that make them. Very yeah, true. Yeah, and I do also think that uh, AMD never switched away from TSMC for graphics parts. To Glow, Glowflow only did processors, I thought, and some APUs, I think. All right. I'm not sure. <laughs> Had to ask. Uh, two more. One last one from Russellin. Uh He just keeps <laughs> going. Uh, uh, Linus recently did a video about an open open source GPU. What do you guys uh, think about it? Uh, the o- open source GPUs and CPUs. I haven't seen that. In theory, I'm always intrigued by these things. In practice, uh, they just never seem to get the traction that kind of hope that they would uh there's another was it purism libre librem laptops the linux yeah. laptops were the same kind of a deal uh you know based on totally owning the hardware the software everything and while they're, they're really interesting i think uh, again they didn't blow up i think an open source gpu is kind of the same thing really cool i'm glad that it exists but i wouldn't expect it to overtake nvidia and amd it's not going to go anywhere yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just not it just there's when you have billions of dollars at stake and people that are going to get yachts and private jets out of these things, <laughs> that is that is really hard to overcome by 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 making hardware that is good for the good of all humanity. So no. All right, last question then. Uh, this is just a random one from J- Jacob Flores. Uh, any new hardware reviews from PC World or new tech that we should be keeping an eye out for? What are you guys excited for coming down the pike? I'm excited for something that I actually got in last night and was supposed to do a hands-on video of today, but I dropped the camera and messed up the lens. <laughs> uh, the Fantex Evolve X. It's a new case, the nice. spiritual successor, the evolution of the f- big Fantex Enthu uh, Evolve, which is actually the case that I built my own personal rig in last year. So I'm really excited to see how the Evolve X hangs out. It's supposed to have 
to address some of the airflow concerns. It has really cool caddies in the back that cover up. They're like doors that cover up all of the uh, of the wires and stuff in the back of your PC. But they also double as SSD slots, so you can wind up shoving nine SSDs in there too. Uh, it's just nice. a case that I'm really interested in. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing it. Yeah, I think that was like everybody's favorite uh, case out of uh, Computex this year. Is that the same one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because it's it's looking pretty good. I got it sitting right off camera right over here. I just I was hoping to get you guys a hands on today and unboxing, but like I said, yeah. I, I hit the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I've done it plenty of times. Uh, I think for me, I there's something I did some testing on a couple weeks ago, and the story's going to run soon. It's um, basically looking at the memory bandwidth limitations on Threadripper second generation. Um, we went through a lot of work to try to figure out whether to find out what exactly is going on. A lot of people, I think, want to blame Windows because uh, they point to the Linux results saying that uh, these, you know, these benchmarks run perfectly fine over on Linux. But there's, they're definitely nerfed on Windows, so everybody wants to blame Windows, and I think it's a lot more complicated than that. So I didn't go through the trouble of a couple other sites of installing uh, Linux, but I did look at the actual performance in memory intensive bandwidth, bandwidth tests, and it still does, it is constrained by memory bandwidth for the most part. The good, and the good news is I think there's probably very few applications that really care about the memory bandwidth, so... But I, I, I did want to look into that, and I even went through recompiling uh, 7-Zip, uh, my own version of 7-Zip, to see if it was a compiler <laughs> issue. It even that didn't. That was like a waste of time. But I ran that. I did it anyway. So <laughs> Nice. I'm, I'm also, uh, if I can get the stupid camera running, uh, if I can get the camera running, I'm also planning soon with these new NVIDIA cards coming out to rebuild and build a new uh, from the ground up gpu test system because the one that we've been using is based on the 5960x the original eight core and the clocks just weren't getting high enough we we're starting to see some issues there so i'm gonna rebuild that from the ground up i'm hoping to do a video uh showing that but more specifically showing what hardware we picked and why we picked it for the system to kind of give you guys a glimpse behind the curtain so fingers crossed that happened soon nice awesome sweet and hopefully from from me uh, this week you'll get a last cam standing showdown with the Note Nine and the Oppo Find X, uh, continuing my smartphone camera testing. So be on the lookout for that. So that's actually super cool. Like I gen generally don't care about smartphone stuff, but I I genuinely enjoy watching those videos. I find it like it's like the full nerd version of smartphone reviews, <laughs> and I love it. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, they they are a lot to 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 make, so it's uh yeah, I, I appreciate it when people watch it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Gordon. Let's uh let's take us out so you can go back to uh chopping down trees and eating yeah. eating wild Bring animals. A, I was whatever putting a fence up the other day. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, so check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe us. Yeah, oh boy. Subscribe to us on <laughs> iTunes and also leave us a review every time you do. I will get an intro correct, which is not true at all. <laughs> also, you can listen to us on Google Player Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. We do check once in a while. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off button. 
Uh, everybody go relax on a farm just like Gordon. Bye. <laughs>